That's a good omen. It is a good omen. You know what else makes this a good omen? What? Um, this is our Pitbull episode. It's number 305. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How exciting. <laughs> I don't know. You got to tell me. You got to tell me if it's exciting. I, um, I purposefully didn't look at the schedule because I wanted to be surprised. You didn't look at the schedule like, last week either. So I didn't happens. look at the schedule last week either, but that was because, I mean, and I was surprised. You were um, surprised <laughs> that you had to do something. <laughs> but uh, we got there and yeah, it was fine. This, this episode <laughs> has been uh, an interesting one. Um, it is, we're talking about homicidal sleepwalking. So people that sounds that fake. Kill, they, no, well, uh, you want me to get into the facts? We're hopping right in right now, right now. I guess so, because like that sounds like, oh no, officer, I didn't really kill my wife. Well, I was sleepwalking. Like, well, there's definitely a couple of those, yeah. but then you might change your tune when we talk about some other ones. So, oh. uh, also, this is crime culture. That say. is Caitlin. I am oh Haley. yeah, hey. Hey, um, that's that's usually my job. Hi. Hi. So we're talking about homicidal sleepwalking, also known as homicidal somnambulism. Let me hear that again. Hold on. I have it pulled up on Google, so I know what it is. Somnambul- somnambulism. Homicidal somnambulism. Um, okay. Or it's sleepwalking murder, and it is exactly mm. what it sounds like. You're, you wake up, and you find out you murdered someone in your sleep, and you have no memory of the event. Which sounds okay. terrifying, if true. Big if true. Big if true. According to a 2013 study in France, 58% of the 140 adult participants displayed violent behavior while sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. 31% included acts of violence towards themselves, while 46% displayed violence to the person that they were sleeping with. Oh. Yeah, that's not good. New fear unlocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the study also found that those who started sleepwalking at a young age had a higher frequency of violent behaviors causing injuries and that violent behaviors during sleep was most often accompanied by sleep terrors. Don't which like that. I think there's like a whole um documentary online about um about like the night terror thing, right? Yeah. Like you wake yeah. up and you can't move and you see something in your room. That's horrifying. Yeah. I haven't watched that because that that is truly new fear unlocked. I do not want. I don't want my brain to have that knowledge. I did watch that and I watched it with Michael and their sister. And I'm I, if memory serves me correctly, which it usually doesn't, but I'm pretty sure that's when she figured out that that wasn't normal. Like that she gets it and she was like, uh, wait a minute. Not everyone <laughs> sees the black hat man in their sleep. She definitely um, sees these things. I just don't remember if that was news to her upon, like, I'm pretty sure she was like, wait, that's wait, what? what this is? <laughs> so a forensic psychiatrist, the only name I could find out for them was Boncalo, B-O-N-K-A-L-O. Um, they reviewed like 50 reports. What? Isn't that a game? I don't know. I don't Look know, it up ahead. while I'm talking. Okay. Um, so they reviewed 50 reports of sleepwalking violence and were able to highlight common characteristics of the attacks. What he found was a vast majority, 47 out of the 50 cases, were committed by men aged between 27 and 48 years old, and that more often than not, there was a family history of sleepwalking associated. Okay. You can tell me if it was a game or not? Yeah, the game is Bunko. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> it's... it's- 
it's not the same. And Google told me, Google humbled me quick. Go ahead. Right. Sorry. <laughs> At least 68 cases of homicidal sleepwalking have reached a courtroom. In each case, juries have had to struggle with the concept that those who are able to commit homicide in their sleep can be oriented well in space, walk, climb, and even drive without harm, but not recognize the face of a loved one. So that is definitely a jury I would not want to be on. No. Because that sounds very, very stressful. And, like, how do you... How Just how do you make a proper decision with that like it's so they have to provide difficult. so much evidence yeah and like that i can imagine this has to be like a pretty long trial yeah like that's what i'm saying like that's so hard to like prove essentially yeah Gee, oh god so we're going to talk about a couple of different cases the first one is the oldest case that i could find and it kind of laid the groundwork for the sleepwalking defense okay so this is about a man named albert terrell and he was married, he had two kids living in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. He was known to be unfaithful to his wife and eventually fell in love with a sex worker from Boston named Maria Bickford. Okay. The two were constantly together and eventually they did live together as a couple, but Bickford never abandoned her profession and Terrell was not happy about it. Terrell can get bent. Yeah, right? Uh, bitch is gonna make her own money, so go fuck. Sex work is work, like... Yeah. You know. So after her last client had left on the evening of October 27th, 1845, so that's how old this case is. Yeah, that's... Terrell sad. went to Bickford's room where he used a razor to slit her from ear to ear. <gasps> yeah. So that's a brutally, smile! Yeah. So brutally, in fact, that her head was nearly severed from her body. No! Yes. Uh, he what also allegedly fuck? set three fires in the brothel, which awakened the owner, who discovered the body of Bickford and called the police. Several people had witnessed Terrell entering and leaving the brothel, so the police began a search, but Terrell had fled. He was arrested on December 6th in New Orleans, Louisiana, and returned to Boston for trial. Public outrage was fed by sensational newspaper accounts describing the evidence against Terrell. Not mm -hmm. only had he left his wife to live with Bickford, and uh, was under a charge of adultery, he had been seen on the premises in the hours before the body was found. Mm. A bloody razor lay near her body, bits of Terrell's clothing and his cane were at the crime scene, and the fires had been set nearby as if to destroy evidence. Oh Terrell's attorney, uh, attorney, Rufus Chokate, I don't know how to say that, emphasized that although they... There were witnesses that could testify to Terrell's presence at the brothel. There were no actual eyewitnesses to the murder itself, which made any evidence circumstantial. He also claimed that Terrell had no motive to kill Bickford, but I kind of believe that that's, that's stupid. Because yeah, I don't agree. He, it was known that he was upset with her for continuing to do sex work while they were together. Exactly. That's a motive, especially when it's at her place of business, like her work. Yeah, and in in a uh, um, tension-filled situation when she just had a client leave. Exactly. That's... Yeah. You can never underestimate the power of male fragility in a case it's like true. this. It's true. It's true. Men will literally give you a Glasgow smile and then set your work on fire before going to therapy. Yeah. Um, so he proposed two explanations that are pure garbage, but this was again, 1845. Yeah. Uh, so one explanation is that Bickford had killed herself. What? Yep. 
Uh, however, the brutality of the slashing made this in explanation implausible. So the attorney then turned to an alternate explanation was that Terrell, who was a habitual sleepwalker, according to this lawyer, could have murdered Bigford under the influence of a nightmare or a trance. In the 1840s, there were no medical explanations for sleepwalking, and medical experts differed over its actual cause. The attorney also reminded the jury that Terrell would likely be executed if found guilty. So they were like, hey, That's... by the way, if you say that this guy's guilty, uh, his death is on your hands. So that's oh a God. fucked up thing to say to a jury. Yeah. After less than two hours of deliberation, they found Terrell not guilty on March 30th, 1846. The attorney went on to successfully use the same insanity of sleep defense in a second trial to acquit Terrell on the arson charges for setting the fire to the brothel. These acquittals were the first in the history of American law in which sleepwalking was successfully used as a defense. Damn. And that was close to 200 years ago. Yeah. Isn't that like, crazy? What? Yeah. What? That's so we're gonna, too soon. Uh, we're talking about a couple of cases, so we're going to progressively get uh, more into the modern era. This next one okay. uh, takes place in Scottsdale, Arizona in May of 1981. Oh. Around. A yes. jump. So we're doing a big jump. We're doing a big old jump. Yeah. Back to the future, baby. So around midnight, Steven Steinberg went to his kitchen to grab a large carving knife and proceeded to stab his wife, Elena, 26 times. That's too many. Yep. By all accounts, it was a frenzied attack. There was blood splatter on the walls and the ceiling. And mm -hmm. allegedly, the couple's 12-year-old daughter, Tracy, witnessed the whole horrific incident. Jesus. Not great. That's um, so much worse. Yes. So when police arrived, Steven claimed an intruder had broken into the house in an attempt uh, to burglarize the house. Mm -hmm. The crime scene didn't add up with Steven's story. So when he changed his story to say that he was sleepwalking at the time and had no memory of the murder, he was like, okay, that one works. Things That's... got even messier from there when Steven's defense attorney, Bob Hirsch, alleged that Steven's, quote, Jewish American princess and no. wife, yes, had driven him mad with nagging and spending too much money. Oh! <gasps> Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yep, yep, yep. Elena surely enjoyed the finer things in life, a fact that her friends and family would agree with. Stephen claimed that she was extremely high maintenance and was very into materialistic goods. Fuck off, she was, Stephen. I know. She was allegedly very dominant in the relationship and often withheld sex as a punishment and nagged her husband constantly. This is coming from him, so, like, exactly. I don't know how much of this I believe. Uh, this was the excuse that Stephen's legal team used at trial. They claimed that Stephen was driven to murder his wife because of her nagging. What the actual yeah. fuck? Like, yep. That's so. And also, I'm sorry. Jewish American princess is not a positive term. No. Um, to even if he is the victim of. An overbearing, an overbearing partner. partner. Yes, thank you. I mean, um, we talk all the time about women who are stuck under the thumb of their husbands, but like this yes, does happen that men this does can happen. be driven down by their wives. But, but you're like, gonna you're gonna let somebody talk about your recently deceased wife like that, and also talk about her in that way. The when mother of your you're child. On you're the mother of your child when you're on trial for killing her. Like, a, you're not winning yourself any points. But b, like, if you truly loved your spouse. Or, 
yeah. gave a shit. Like, that's not okay. That's so just here's not- the thing. The thing with that is, like, you shit talk your partner all you want. Like, you can be a horrible person and do that. But I don't care whether you are divorced, separated, not on speaking terms, whatever, with your partner. This is a completely different situation because he right. murdered her. Right. But, like, anybody that's in the situation where you have, like, a partner that is, like, not chill. Yeah. Um, talking shit about them when your child, their child will have this information like these are all in yeah. in like news court articles records. yeah these are yeah court records news articles this is not sealed documents like their daughter is going to be able to read all this yes and see That's what so he said about and but it's, it's not even that it's like on a smaller scale it's like if you're a divorced parent or your parents right. are divorced think of how shitty it is to hear your one parent talk shit about your other parent it sucks like, yeah exactly so like if you're in that situation, talk shit about it with your friends, sure, but never mm-hmm. in front of the child because yeah. like that's fucked it's up. Their Especially, parent. allegedly, Tracy saw the incident. So that's right. Oh I only saw God. it written in one article. I don't know how true that is, but, but that's still absolutely fucking horrifying. Yeah, for that poor kid. That's too much. That's so yeah. Because oh not God. only do you lose one parent by murder you lose the other parent by being the perpetrator of that crime yeah so your whole life is fucked up dude that's so fucked up yeah oh my god so a california psychiatrist named dr martin blinder told the court that he believes stephen was in a state of disassociative reaction at the time of the stabbing again caused by his Mm -hmm. nagging wife jesus christ stephen was found you want to guess what not guilty. Not guilty due to sleepwalking at the time of the offense, and he walked free from court. He did not deny the killing of his wife after initially trying to. Like I said, he said it was a burglary, and then he was like, oh, actually, no, I was sleepwalking. Uh, but claimed that the circumstances meant that he was not responsible for the murder in a legal sense. The jury believed the defense of sleepwalking at the time of the murder, and therefore, although they knew that he had committed the crime... They felt that they had no choice but to find him guilty, uh, not guilty, as he was not consciously aware and rational when he carried out the murder. Although he was found not guilty on the basis of being, uh, he was found not guilty on the basis of being insane uh, at the time of the murder, he was deemed to be sane at the time of trial, and therefore he was not sent to a psychiatric hospital. Oh so that's a thing that's going to come up. Yeah, that's that's a thing that's going to come up a couple of times in some of these cases. They're like, well, sleepwalking is not an insanity defense. So when these people are let free, they're often not sent to uh, receive psychiatric help. That's even if the sleepwalking defense was in some of these cases, bullshit, in my opinion. Like this is this is just so and if a woman like like it, it makes me think of honestly it makes me think of um lorena bobbitt yeah and how she had like a legitimate like hey like i was being abused here's the evidence of being abused and people were like mm, not buying it or into a joke this dude goes a burglar killed my wife oh actually actually no wait i was sleepwalking yeah and after the police were like no you killed your wife he's like yeah i did but I was sleepwalking. Yeah. Like, it, it, it just, it makes no sense. 
And in this case, there are definitely cases where there's been a history of sleepwalking. In this case, I did not find anyone talking about like a prolonged history of him having a sleepwalking problem. Right. Well, and or or any previous attempts to do something in, uh, either to himself or to somebody else as a result of sleepwalking. And I'm sorry, like there are other there are just other factors like it's it it's beyond just like, OK, even if he was like maybe sleepwalking your first time sleepwalking, maybe it's not. I don't know. It it just the direction in which he went with justifying yeah it like not even explaining it justifying it yeah and i'm just not a fan yeah i hate this guy yeah so he was like i said he was not sent to a psychiatric hospital but laws have now changed in arizona and cases such as this today Good. would mean that the individual in question would serve a period of time in a mental institution as a result of this uh, conviction, non-conviction, whatever. Um, but there is some pop culture regarding this case specifically. There's a book called Death of a Jewish American Princess, The True Story of a Victim on Trial by Shirley Frondorf. Mm -hmm. It has a 4 out of 5 on Goodreads and a 3.4, 3 out of 5 on... Sorry, 4 out of 5 on Amazon and okay. a 3.43 out of 5 on Goodreads. Ooh. And as of April 2022, Deadline reported that a limited series based on the book was in the works. Oh, shit. Yes. That's so going to be cool. keep an eye out soon. That should be exciting. Why do I feel I mean, like it's I a Dirty John? It's going to be another, like, Dirty John installation. I don't know. I don't know if it would be documentary based or... Oh, like, true. Um, recreation based. If it's recreation based, then I think that's probably on the chopping block because of the strike, right? Yeah. But I don't think I don't think documentaries are under SAG. Documentaries so. are not. Reality television is not. Yeah. But so maybe a documentary could come out soon. But like, if it's going to be like a Dirty John or something like that, then it's probably well not. And even documentaries, like, sometimes they do have a script that needs to be written because you've got, like, the David Attenborough yeah, type yeah, yeah. documentaries. Um, yeah, with the overarching narrative or something. Yes. So, I don't know. We'll see. But also support unions and pay yeah. people what they're worth. Yeah, exactly. This has been our PSA. Uh, just real quick on that front. I know this is, like, a side tangent, but I was listening to a podcast this past week, and it said that uh, if... People are like, oh, well, like actors are just like being greedy and it's like all these millionaires want to make more money. Um, you need twenty six thousand dollars a year to uh, to qualify for SAG insurance. And mm -hmm. 90 percent of people in SAG cannot are not making that. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Iger um, is making the salary of somebody in SAG uh, twice over in a day. Yes, in a day. In a day. Uh, and he and said that uh, he was going to hold out until everyone uh, lost their homes, and then they would take yes. whatever shitty deal was left to them. So that's like yes, a little did. side tangent, so fuck that guy, and he's yep. uh, another criminal we should talk about. And it's, it's also why Angela Lansbury hired all of those older actors that didn't really have anything going on during Murder, She Wrote, so that they could keep their insurance. Bless. We love it. We love, uh, she's a blessing. Love her. Truly. But yeah. Fuck that guy. Um, Fuck that guy, support unions. Let's go. So my next case is, takes place in May 1987. 
So in the middle of the night, 23-year-old Kenneth Parks got in his car in Pickering, Ontario, and drove a little over 14 miles to his in-law's house in Scarborough, Ontario. He let himself okay. in with his own key that he was given and used a tire iron to bludgeon and then stab his 42-year-old mother-in-law, Barbara Woods, to death. He stabbed her with a tire iron? I don't know, because I saw bludgeon with a tire iron, and then she had stab wounds, so I don't know if it was the same. I don't okay. know if he had multiple weapons. He then attempted Not to... Not good either way, but... No, horrible. He then attempted to choke his father-in-law, Dennis Woods, to death, but was unsuccessful. Ken... Covered in blood, then got into his car, drove to a nearby police station, and turned himself in, confessing, quote, I think I have just killed two people, end quote. Oh, my Weird God. turn of events. So this case, Ken actually did have a history of sleepwalking and at trial argued that he was in a state of non-insane automat automatism uh, at the time and had mm -hmm. no previous history of mental ill health. Besides, I mean, sleepwalking is not... A mental health thing as far as I know from my very limited research maybe they can hold hands in some situations but I don't think they are the same mm -hmm. um, so from the doctor's evidence it was determined that Ken was sleepwalking at the time of the incident and that he was suffering from a disorder of sleep rather than any neurological psychiatric or other illness five neurological experts also confirmed that he was sleepwalking during the time of the incident all experts found no evidence of psychosis, and it was believed a number of factors combined uh, that evening, including stress from his job and periods of insomnia running up to the events, a combination that they claimed extremely unlikely to ever occur again. Um, he also had some gambling debts in there uh, and admitted to falsely billing his employer for $30,000 to cover his debts. <gasps> so, that's, some, that's some shit. Yeah, so he had some stresses. He had some shit going oh on God. in his life. Uh, Ken was charged with the second-degree murder of Barbara and the attempted murder of Dennis. If found guilty, he would receive a life sentence. But the sleepwalking defense must have been convincing because Ken walked out of the courtroom a free man. Again, he was not even required to go to a psychiatric hospital because, like Steven Steinberg, he was not deemed legally insane. Oh, my God. The Supreme what Court. Is this? this is 1987. Right. Okay. So the Supreme Court upheld the acquittal as the evidence presented a reasonable doubt that Ken was acting voluntarily. Chief Justice Antonio Lamar held that the trial judge was correct in his analysis of the evidence and that his decision to not categorize sleepwalking as a mental disorder. Kenneth Parks was put on medication and never had a reoccurrence of sleepwalking, at least any of the violent kind ever again. I found in an article in 2006 that he was running for school board trustee a committee member named Anne Lesage had this to say, quote, I'm a professor at the university and I teach in education. And my first concern would be a lack of ethics and a lack of professionalism on somebody who is representing our school board, end quote. Civil servant Alan McDonald added, quote, sleepwalking, perhaps a medical thing, but not the embezzlement, end quote. When they were talking about, like, if he should be qualified to be a school board trustee i don't know how high of a position that is but apparently as soon as his name was put out there on some type of ballot everyone was like that's the guy that killed his wife sleepwalking i, I think it's an elected position but i'm not sure if that depends on location i think it is an elected position because they were talking about doing like th this was during the election time yes um but yeah 
Oh my god. Uh, murdering his mother-in-law and attempting to murder his father-in-law. Not, Not a good look. But also this is this is a very interesting case because he got in his car and drove 14 miles. Sleepwalking. Like that's yeah, that's mm, that's scary. I don't know. 14 miles it, like you, that's You you obeyed all traffic laws to get there? And but didn't know you were going to murder somebody? That's easy. But then like he did drive minutes, like but then he did drive to the police station and immediately confess. And he did have a very documented history of sleepwalking. Mm. And all the experts said that he was sleepwalking at the time. I mean, and I'm... Mm. This is an iffy one for me. Yeah, I'm on the fence. That's It's rough. the driving that it's really It's the driving, me. yes! Yeah. <sighs> and letting himself in with his own key. Yeah. So he had to have had his key. I mean, unless it was like, you know how my parents, your parents, all of our parents have like all of the keys on one key ring. So it's like, yeah. it could be on the same key as his car. So yeah. he just does the thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the defense for like the, the driving while sleepwalking is like, it's something you do every single day. And if it's your in-laws house, you know, the way to your in-laws house, like you could do it. I will say sleep pre Sorry, I'm yawning for some reason. Uh, Pre-meds, um, I did occasionally, like, go, going home, like, go on autopilot, and then I would be like, oh, I've driven, like, 15 minutes, and I don't remember those 15 minutes, and all of a sudden I am in the middle yep. of an on-ramp, and yeah. not, like, safely in the middle of an on-ramp, but, like, I'm in my lane, but I'm just, like, driving down an on-ramp, like, I don't remember getting here, so, like... Yeah, because you, you were on such autopilot because you did it so much. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's, I don't know, like, that one is very iffy for me. It's the driving, it really is. That's yeah. what makes it so This tough. next one, I'm going to preface this next one, I believe is 100% bullshit. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, so we're going to have fun with this one. Uh, it's not a fun case, obviously this is absolutely horrible yes. what happened, but this guy sucks. So the case of Scott Falliter uh, is one of the more famous to use the sleepwalking defense. This takes place in Phoenix, Arizona on the night of January 17th, 1997. So after preparing a lesson plan for a Mormon religious education class that he taught and briefly working on fixing an issue with the O-ring of their pool filter, Scott said that he came back into the living room that in the evening and found his wife was asleep on the couch. He kissed her goodnight and went upstairs to bed. The next thing he claims to remember, he was standing at the top of his stairs in his home, in his pajamas, with a police officer pointing a gun at him and yelling him to get on the floor. Oh, my. So that is his order of events that he remembers. What actually happened? Around 10 or 11 p.m., a neighbor named Greg Coons heard moaning and crying coming from the Fallader house. He went outside and looked over his wall to witness Scott dragging the bloody body of his 41-year-old wife, Yarmila, toward the pool and holding her head underwater. Oh, my God. Greg rushed back inside to call 911, and when officers arrived, they found Yarmila's body floating in the blood-filled pool, a scene that oh. they said was eerily reminiscent of a shark attack. Oh, my God. Yes. She had been stabbed 44 times. <gasps> most defensive wounds, but many of them were fatal. The couple's two children, 12-year-old Michael and 15-year-old Megan, were both asleep in their beds when the police arrived. Scott, meanwhile, had changed out of his bloody clothes... And put them in the wheel well of his car, along with the knife he used during the attack. That's... So he had enough bandwidth 
to change out of the dirty clothes, clean himself up, and hide the murder weapon. I, like, I would argue that changing your clothes while sleepwalking takes about as much cognitive capability as driving. Like, think about it. Like, you gotta do buttons. Yeah, but how many times have you hid something in the wheel well of your car? That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I'm not saying this in a positive way. I'm saying, like, that takes a lot of... I, I... Like, for example, if it's hot, if I need to, like, if I'm wearing a sweatshirt while I'm sleeping and I need to remove that sweatshirt for, like, my T-shirt, I'm awake. Yeah. I'm I'm up. I've got to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do that in my sleep. I wish I could. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't agree. I don't. There's more. The, oh, great. <laughs> so during the interrogation, Scott maintained that he could remember no details of the murder conveniently. He kept asking what was going on. He, uh, when told that his neighbor had seen him killing his wife, he said, quote, I believe that my neighbor must have seen me doing it, but I never knew it. I was sleepwalking and can't remember doing it, end quote. Uh, There was no question that he had done it, but the one question was why? So Scott and Yermila had been happily married by most accounts for 20 years. According to their son, Michael, Scott was a hardworking religious man. And real quick, um, being hardworking and religious does not make you innocent of murder. No, it doesn't. Um, So Religious people can uh, still do bad things. Yes, that's nice to say about your father, but that does not mean he wouldn't kill somebody. Yep. Um, There had never been any infidelity, no financial difficulties or abuse in the marriage, and the kids had never even seen them argue. I would say that is closer to a defense against, like, a motive like there's no infidelity at least that you know of mm-hmm. um so that's one thing that is uh frequently used in spousal murder no financial difficulties and even bigger thing that's used in spousal murder there wasn't any financial difficulties and um kids had never even seen their parents argue a plus yeah Good parenting yeah that's um, the way it should be yeah not saying that you should uh, never show your kids a healthy conflict. Yes, but that's there should be no yelling. Yes, yeah. that's that's the part. That's the part. Yes. So psychologist Rosalind Cartwright, who provided testimony on behalf of the the defense, said that sleepwalkers have been known to carry out stupid acts like breaking their own furniture or sticking their own arms through through windows. Cartwright was convinced of Scott's innocence. According to her theory, Scott was fixing was trying to fix a broken pool pump when Yermila approached him to ask. Uh, him about it while he was sleepwalking she thought that scott had mistaken Yermila for an attacker and had attacked her in response she further admitted that during episodes sleepwalkers are unable to recognize faces and according to family uh this wasn't scott's only violent sleepwalking incident oh. when scott was a teenager his sister laura claimed that she once tried to shake him awake during a sleepwalking episode which you're not supposed to do no um, and he reacted by flinging her across the room. Yo. Yeah, it's not great. So he does have violent at least tendencies. some his violent tendencies during sleepwalking specifically, and he has a history of sleepwalking. The oh prosecution, meanwhile, argued that things at the Fowler household weren't as perfect as they seemed. They brought up that Yarmila was not wearing her wedding ring when her body was retrieved from the pool. That's kind of a weak response, but sure. Like, I take my rings off when I go to sleep, so... I'm not wearing them all the time. Yeah. But it was theorized that Yermila was considering leaving her husband because she did not share his passion for the Mormon faith and his desire to have more children. 
Yeah. Additionally, that could be a big thing. Yeah. And probably not something that you your kids would necessarily see Hopefully. arguing about. Um, additionally, according to the sleepwalking expert on, at the trial, Scott exhibited 65 behaviors during the encounter that were uncommon for a sleepwalker, including uh, that he would have been startled awake by touching the chilly water of the pool. Instead, he mm-hmm. held his wife's uh, head underwater. The screams of his wife would have roused him. Sure. True. True. You can't uh, he say wouldn't she have put his clothes. You can't exactly. say she didn't well, fight back. she had she had defensive. Yeah, wounds. that's what I'm saying. Like like yeah. that. You can't. I guess I should have rephrased. Like you can't say her fighting back wouldn't. If like his sister trying to jostle him awake. Exactly. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, he wouldn't have put his clothes in the back of his car or changed into another set of clothes. I could see maybe, like, stripping down in a sleepwalking incident, but, like, putting new clothes back on. That's, yes, that's, that's the a little part. Weird. That's the part. And one really big kicker that is not talked about enough that I think is, like, the smoking gun of this is that he told his dog to quiet down when the dog was barking during the incident. <gasps> No. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people talking in their sleep and like talking about their sleepwalking. But it's usually nonsense. It's usually part of the like narrative that their dream exactly state built. Like you know what I mean? That's. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this one turns out a little different than some of the other ones we talked at, oh. about because um, because of all this evidence, it took just eight hours to find him guilty Hell of first degree murder. Yeah. Sometimes one the juror, justice system works. Exactly. So one juror remarked that while Scott may have been sleepwalking at the time of the incident, quote, when he dragged the body, I think he woke up and panicked, end quote, mm-hmm. which I, I think is more plausible that he was sleepwalking for a portion of it. And then he woke up and panicked and didn't know what to do. Wow. So several letters, including one from Yermila's mother, were submitted to the judge when it came time to decide whether Scott should be sentenced to death. Scott was consequently given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. And uh, more information on this specific case, you can turn to a 2020 episode, season 43, episode 11, while he was sleeping. Damn. Yes. Like, Um, Yeah. This one, this one I think is the most believable of the sleepwalking defenses and the saddest case yeah. that I'll talk about. Yeah. So this uh, this case is about 59-year-old Brian Thomas. Uh, he was a retired steel worker from Nath in South Wales. And his 57-year-old wife, Christine, were camping on a trip just before their 40th wedding anniversary in the summer of 2008. Brian, who allegedly had decades-long history of untreated sleepwalking disorders, woke up in a panic to see, quote, someone in the camper, a man with the blue jeans and a black fleece lying on top of Christine, end quote. Oh. He jumped up, grabbed the man by the throat, and began strangling him to death. Only after he had woken up, he saw that he had been strangling his wife. <gasps> yes. No! On, yeah, this is absolutely horrible. On the phone with emergency services, Brian was so hysterical he could hardly make out words, saying, quote, what have I done? I've been trying to wake her. I think I killed my wife. Oh, my God. I think somebody had broken in. I was fighting with those boys, but it was Christine. I must have been dreaming or something. What have I done? Can you send someone? End quote. Oh, my God. Absolutely horrible. When police arrived, he was standing outside the camper crying and shaking. Oh, my God. Yeah. So the previous night, the couple was disrupted by 
what every single article uh, referred to as quote unquote boy racers. I don't know what oh, that yeah, is. Maybe it's a is. Welsh thing. Uh, but basically, it was kids doing like wheel spins and other like car tricks in the same parking lot that the couple had been parking in for the night in their camper. Uh, this caused Brian a great amount of stress, and he was clearly still thinking about it, resulting in the violent nightmare. Unlike some of the cases I've talked about where the sleepwalking defense is suspect, I believe Brian Thomas had a true sleeping problem. The Guardian reported that his sleep was so bad that he and Christine slept in separate separate rooms at home, but they had to share the double bed in the camper. Oh, yes. shit. And he had, like I said, he had a decades-long history of sleepwalking. Yeah. Untreated. So, Dude. additionally, Brian typically took medication for depression, but didn't during this holo- holiday because the side effect of the medication was impotence, and it, this was a, an oh, anniversary trip. So, no. Yeah. Yes. This gets yeah. worse. This is this is getting worse by I the know. second. Really I'm so upset. Shit. At first, police were skeptical, but friends and relatives told detectives that the Thomases were a loving couple. They enjoyed regular nights out, watched rugby together, and booked a Mediterranean cruise to celebrate their upcoming wedding anniversary. Tests carried out on Brian while he slept ten, uh, while he spent ten months in prison on remand, confirmed he suffered from night terrors. At the start of the trial, the prosecution said it was a quote-unquote unique case. Mm -hmm. They accepted Brian should be found not guilty, but initially called for a special verdict of not guilty due to insanity, which would have meant that he could have, that he could be held in a secure psychiatric hospital. The law dictates that this is a verdict that cannot be determined by anyone other than a jury, which is why the case had to go to court. But in the end, the Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, decided to offer no more evidence and the jury returned a straightforward verdict of not guilty. The judge, Justice Nigel Davis, told Brian when the verdict was read, quote, you are a decent man and a devoted husband. I strongly suspect that you may be feeling a sense of guilt. In the eyes of the law, you bear no responsibility. You are discharged. All of all of us who have been in court and who have listened to the 999 call know exactly what your feelings were when you found out your wife was dead, end quote. So this is one that they actually like fully believed him he was distraught when this happened well and that's so that's so beautiful to just like absolve him yeah it's like we we all understand like this is a very unique case but all of the evidence shows that this was a horrible horrible tragedy right so members of his family cheered as the verdict was returned speaking outside the court brian's brother raymond said quote He's a gentle man and always has been. He's a good man. Christine and Brian loved each other, end quote. A neighbor of the Thomases, Anita Gore, said, quote, there is nothing he has to feel guilty about. It's all just so tragic, end quote. I just... Yeah. Damn, that one's, that's a... That one, that's the one that I'm like, okay, I believe this defense in that case. Yeah. When it's like, that's a oh, gutter. somebody broke... Somebody uh, broke into the house. Uh, actually, no, I killed my wife. Uh, yeah, my... The weapon is in the wheel well of my car. That one, I don't, I don't fucking. Well, and I think the difference is the remorse, the level of remorse. Yeah, not trying to uh, pin it on your wife being a nag. Yeah, or like on why your wife sucks in general. Like there was none of that. It was like I loved my wife. Yeah, he was the wife wife. guy that we support. Yeah, he's like I had a a history of sleepwalking, wasn't taking (sighs) a proper medication, and was under like a high stress situation. So like that's just that's just a. A freak tragedy that happened. Jesus. Um, I have one more 
uh, full case, and then I have a couple more just like little uh, bits that I'll talk about. So in Raleigh, North Carolina, on September 1st, 2017, a little after 1 a.m., 20-year-old, 28-year-old evangelist preacher Matthew Phelps called 911 and told the operator that he had woken up to find his wife lying on the bedroom floor covered in blood from multiple stab wounds saying quote i had a dream and then i turned on the lights and she's dead on the floor i have blood all over me and there's a bloody knife on the bed i think i did it i can't believe this end quote his wife 29 year old lauren ashley nicole phelps was pronounced dead shortly after arriving at the hospital with police immediately arresting matthew for her murder lauren was stabbed 123 times and sustained fatal wounds to her head neck torso and arms there were 44 cuts to her face and neck alone. Some of them were even up to four inches deep. Oh, my God. So this was an extremely long frenzied <gasps> attack. Oh, my God. Matthew argued that he had trouble sleeping and had taken medication for a cold uh, before heading to bed that night. He said in the 911 call that he had taken a corsetin cough and cold, which is allegedly used by some teenagers to get high. I don't know the validity of that, yeah, but that's what the know. news article said. While the manufacturer said that there is no evidence the medication can cause violence as a side effect, the drug does contain dextromorphin, which is a drug that, when taken in high doses, can produce hallucinations and delusions. Damn. Matthew claimed that he had often taken the cold medicine in the past and uh, regularly at more than the recommended dose to help him sleep. Uh, uh, yeah, don't Don't do, do that. that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is all like kind of circumstantial stuff from here. But yeah. during the investigation, Matthew's Instagram was uncovered and showed numerous scenes from American Psycho. No. Investigators. <clears throat> yeah. Investigators also say that the relatives claimed that the couple was having problems and that Lauren was, quote, preparing to end the relationship, end quote. Shit. In court documents used, uh, sorry, in documents used to obtain seven search warrants after the murder, investigators revealed that tensions had allegedly erupted between the couple over finances that uh, Matthew alleged, quote, was spending more than the couple made, end quote, and that Lauren allegedly, quote, had recently taken drastic steps to limit her husband's spending, end quote. In October 2018, Matthew pleaded guilty to the murder and is currently serving life in prison without the possibility of parole. Jesus. Yeah, not great. No. And I've labeled this section, but wait, there's more. Oh, cool. Awesome. Great. So these are just a couple of like, (laughs) these are just a couple of little ones in case you weren't aware of how much uh, sleepwalking is used as defense. Already terrified. Yes. In 1879, uh, there's this case, not much is known about this specific case because of how old it was. Uh, But, um, in the one article I was reading, there's a man named Fain, F-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. He fell asleep in a Kentucky hotel lobby, and when a porter attempted to wake him up, the man drew his pistol and shot the hotel employee three times. As the porter fell to the ground, Fain, quote, writhes with glee, repeating, repeatedly shouting, hoo-wee! What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, he then walked to the front desk and confessed to his crime, apparently demonstrating deep remorse at the time. Fain was initially convicted of manslaughter, but the decision was later reversed on appeal when information about Fain's sleepwalking came to light. Damn. Uh, in 1925, Texas resident Isom Bradley told his girlfriend Ada Jenkins about his problems with a man named Lawrence Williams before he went to bed. 
Nervous, intense, and fearful that Williams might attack him in the night, Bradley tucked a gun underneath his pillow for protection. He was roused by a strange noise later that night, grabbed the pistol, and fired into the room at random. When he fully came to his senses, he lit a lamp and discovered that he had shot and killed Jenkins. A jury convicted him of murder, but he was later freed after courts considered the very real likelihood of sleepwalking. Yeah. I don't believe it was sleepwalking. I believe that it was uh, he heard a noise yeah. in a dark room, yeah. and then he already had a gun there. Right. To shoot. Oh, my God. Uh, this one was in August 1950. Ivy Cogden of Carnegie, Australia, murdered her daughter while allegedly sleepwalking. Cogden had a long history of acting out her nightmares in her sleep. One example being after learning a local resident was breeding red spiders for sale as pets, which what? Australia. Oh, yeah, that's Stevie. <laughs> Stevie what the fuck Stevie is that? Stevie confirm or deny. Um, she dreamt of spiders attacking her daughter and so went about brushing her daughter's body to rid them of the spiders. Oh, no. However, after learning that her daughter might become a transport driver to the... Uh, driver in the event Korea attacked Australia. This was in 1950. I didn't mm -hmm. know that was even a fucking thing. Uh, Congdon dream, uh, dreamt of Korean soldiers attacking her house. To defend her home, Congdon counterattacked the soldiers with an axe, only discovered that she had killed her own daughter in the process. Oh the courts believed her story and set her free. Damn. In January 1961, Sergeant Willis Boshears, a soldier for... Uh, from America, stationed in England, strangled uh, Jean Constable in his apartment. He claimed to have woken up just after the murder and realized what he'd done. He disposed of her body in an isolated area, but was eventually caught and arrested and was found not guilty. Even of disposing the body, I feel like you should be guilty of that. Yeah, that's the part. Like, that, yes. it, it, it never, it never generates positive feelings when you try to get no. rid of the body no that's definitely something nefarious going yeah. on yeah so in january 2001 antonio Neto of Ma malaga spain uh murdered his wife and mother-in-law with an axe and injured his daughter before being disarmed by his son who was also injured in the process NATO's children told police that he had called them by name during the attack and advised them not to turn on the lights because their mother, who was already dead, was sleeping. <sighs> However, NATO told a different story, alleging that he was sleeping at the time of the killings and he was dreaming about defending himself against a pack of aggressive ostriches. What? I mean... That does sound like a sleeping thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, that sounds... That sounds like something you could only come up with in like a dream. So yeah. So this story did not set him free, but it did prove that he was thoroughly out of his mind. <laughs> he was sentenced to ten years in a mental health facility and lost custody of his children. With the courts further mandating that he keep a distance of five hundred meters from them at all times. That's fair. In another two thousand one case, while vacationing in. Uh, on Canalita Island in California, Stephen Wrights brutally murdered his lover. Uh, Eva Weinfurter, okay. who was married to another man at the time. Mm -hmm. According to Lindsay Lyon of U.S. News World and Report, writes, quote, smashed her head with a flower pot, leaving shards in her scalp, dislocated her arm, punctured her with a plastic fork, fractured her wrist, ribs, jaw, facial bones, and skull, and wielding a pocket knife, left three gaping stab wounds in the back of her neck. Jesus. End quote. 
Wright's claimed to have no memory of the crime, though he also said that he had brief flashbacks to the murder, which he believed he was being attacked by an intruder. The jury didn't buy the sleepwalking claim, however, as the prosecution showed numerous incidences of Wright's domestic abuse of Weinfurter, um, including one incidence in which he threatened her with the knife and told her that he'd, quote, gut her like a fish. Oh, unquote. my God. Yeah, so don't sit that that's, asshole free. Nah, that's, that's too far. Too far. Uh, I'm good. In March 2005, Jules Lowe of Manchester was acquitted of the murder of his 82-year-old father after numerous tests confirmed his violent episode did not spring from any substance abuse. Lowe had problems with alcohol but had never been violent while sleepwalking before. Um, he was placed in a psychiatric institution following his acquittal. And finally, in 2010, in Hillsborough, North Carolina, Joseph Mitchell put on a Halloween mask over his face and strangled his four-year-old son, then attacked his teenage son and daughter, though they survived the ordeal. The defense argued that Mitchell committed this crime while sleeping and that financial stress may have been a contributing factor. The prosecution argued that Mitchell was a serial liar and that his crimes were premeditated. Though the jury sided with the defense and found Mitchell not guilty, many expressed the opinion that they did actually believe Mitchell was sleepwalking, but they had no choice but to acquit based on the prosecution's lack of concrete evidence otherwise. Yeah. But, like, damn. That's, like, that's true nightmare fuel. That's, Putting yeah. on a, mask, a Halloween mask and then strangling. That's also, the if you're, if you say that, like, financial stress may have been a contributing factor... Um, I'm sorry to be crass, but killing your children does kind of get rid of some of your financial stress. No, but it's that? true. It's true. Doesn't that, isn't that like, like a thing that we've talked could about be motivated before that has happened? From that perspective, like, damn. Damn, that's so, yeah. that's so fucked. Yeah, and you didn't even think it was something that could fucking <laughs> go to trial. <laughs> Well, uh, my palate cleanser is um, in the same kind of sphere. Because as I was doing this research, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, I was thinking about sleepwalking a lot. And I thought about a, um, a comedy special okay. and a, a comedy movie that is okay. sleepwalking based. And it's Mike Birbiglia's Sleepwalk With Me. Right. That makes sense. Uh, um, Mike Birbiglia is a comedian and he has a whole stand-up special called Sleepwalk With Me where he talks about the time that he um, walked out of a second-story window in Walla Walla, Washington. And he turned that special into a movie mm -hmm. and uh, Carol Kane plays his mom in the movie. Oh my God, I love her. Uh, Lauren Ambrose plays uh, his girlfriend <gasps> and Lauren Ambrose is in the latest season of um, Yellow Jackets. Yes. I won't say who in case you haven't watched, but, but uh, um, it's a good show. So good. Uh, yeah. Just star studded. It's a, it's a very, very good fun movie. If you need like a sleepwalking palate cleanser specifically, um, it's very, very good. Mm -hmm. You can watch it on Tubi for free. I oh. didn't know that. I'm going to go watch it now. Uh, it's on Pluto TV for free. Ooh. And uh, you can watch it on, you know, you could buy it or rent it. Apple TV, Google Play, Amazon Prime, the Roku channel with a premium subscription, uh, AMC Plus with a subscription, stuff There's like so that. But watch it on Pluto or Tubi. Yeah, go for don't it. pay money for another service. 
Just yeah. don't. Don't pay money for another service. But if you want to buy the movie, go ahead. Yeah. It's actually very, very yeah. good. Um, so that's Sleepwalk With Me um, about Mike Birbiglia. So that's that's my sleepwalking episode. Have you just been yawning the whole episode thinking about sleeping? No, but that does explain why I yawned earlier now that you say that. I'm like, oh, I wonder why, because I slept like a good 12 hours, but... I was going to say, it's like all this sleep talk. Yeah, now that you say this, that very well might be it. Oh, God damn it, Haley. <laughs> talking about yawning gets you to yawn. Uh, everyone uh, let us know if you yawned during this episode <laughs> just by hearing... <gasps> Talking about yawning or hearing something. Oh my yawn. god. Um, also, I want to know if anybody sleepwalks. Yeah. Anybody that listens, do you sleepwalk? I've definitely sleep talked. I, I I have never gotten up and sleepwalked. Michael sleep talks. As far as I know. Michael once yeah. um I was telling this story at a friend's engagement party the other day. Um that one time Michael said in their sleep just the word breasticles. And I think I've told you this, okay. too. I, like I think that. I've told you this one. Because yep. I turned and I was just like, pardon? Like, what? And Michael goes... Excuse? Explain? Well, yeah. Because first, like, they were mumbling to themselves. And then they said breasticles. And then I was like, what the fuck? And then they turned to me and they just, like, repeated. Like, they're just like, breasticles. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then they went, now fuck off. And then just rolled over and went back to sleep. I know, Haley's giving me a look. And people don't know michael that's not a michael thing um so i was just like okay fucking off that's me off i go to fuck um but no one time i uh beat michael's ass during my sleep because i (gasps) was dreaming that somebody had like broken in and climbed into our bed and uh, the way michael describes it um i was just like screaming at the top of my lungs over and over again who are you who are you who are you yeah that's terrifying yeah yeah while michael's trying to like wake me up and be like i am me (laughs) yeah it's so scary like i know i i think i like seen before is like if you encounter somebody who's sleepwalking you shouldn't like like jostle them to try to wake them Mm -hmm. up i think that's what it was like i mean if if anybody has like a um uh psychology degree and like knows better than me please let me know and we will do correction section on the next episode but i believe i remember them saying like you do not want to try to wake the person you just want to make sure that they are in a safe Mm -hmm. place and uh are not going to harm themselves or others um selena spooky boo on tiktok um selena with a c um she sleepwalks and she documents it a lot and that's Mm -hmm. what i've i think i've heard from like her stuff too but watch it because she's very funny like her sleepwalking is no murder all fun um i don't know that i could like sleep with somebody who sleepwalks like i think i'd be too freaked out her husband well her fiance um i thought he was her husband but apparently he like just proposed um but he he'll like get up sometimes like it'll show up on the cameras when she'll like share the videos and he'll just get uh-huh. up and he'll be like all right (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know if i could deal with that yeah i don't know i mean i i'm a pretty deep sleeper so i could probably deal with it i might be dealing with it michael might sleepwalk i don't know it takes maybe a lot but yeah no i don't know i don't know i definitely would have been more chill about sleepwalking prior to hearing the contents of this episode Mm-hmm. now i don't want anyone to sleepwalk and now yeah. i'm kind of afraid to even go to a hotel but 
you know. It's all right. We'll be all good. It's fine. I'll just never leave um, my house. Yeah. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, X, I guess. Mm, we're not. We don't Whatever claim her. No. It's Twitter. Uh, you can... You can join our Patreon as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. There's rewards at each level. If you guys are at the, if you are part of the Patreon and you're at the level where you can vote for episodes, go ahead and vote. Please. Uh, the poll should be up. Yes. The poll is up. Okay, cool. The poll's up. Uh, so go vote. And uh, like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, website is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. Email is crimeculturepod at gmail.com. One day we will record this so that I don't have to say it every time and it'll just be its own like little file. But until then, that's all the plugs. We said the palate cleanser. Uh, we will see you next I was going to say, that's Tuesday. all that's left. Bye. Bye.